0: From Beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor in your window, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight featuring commentary by traditional Republican Arlen Gould, pro-Trump Republican and conservative leader Deany Ives. Patrick Fingston of Illinois.com, and a little bit later on in the program, hour number two, we'll be talking about the passing of Queen Elizabeth and also offering our reflections on September 11th. Nice to have you with this evening. In hour number one, wherever you're listening, I, I think probably most of the people that are listening to this program, wherever you're, whether you're a listener or, or a viewer, you are probably a Republican. So tonight, in hour number one, we're going to talk about the future of the Republican Party. Because a lot of people would like to fall in behind Donald Trump and march him back to the White House again. And uh, a lot of other people would like to march him someplace else. They certainly don't want him in the leadership of the Republican Party, but that is where we are at the moment. It's one of the, I would say probably the pivotal question of not only this uh, 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 midterm election, but it certainly is the pivotal question to ask between now and 2024 as well as what happens to Joe Biden. But that will be a different program. So tonight we have three Republicans of varying stripes with us, and I want to begin by uh, getting each of them to sort of weigh in on where they, uh, where they are. And, Patrick Finkston, I want to start with you. Uh, you have described yourself as sort of a, um, a backward Republican. Uh, you're, you're, you're in the media business now, but once upon a time uh, you described yourself as a strong Republican. So my question to you is, when we talk about Donald Trump, Is there anything about Donald Trump's policies that make you sick, or is it just his personality?
1: First of all, Bruce, thank you for having me. Second of all, uh, I've I've worked Republican campaigns in numerous uh, forms from 2012 through 2020. So, so it's not like I don't have any conservative bona fides, and still consider myself conservative. And and there are things that you can say that happened during the Trump administration that that were good and a lot of them were thanks to mitch mcconnell uh, especially if you want to say thank you for the conservative judges uh... the the issue with donald trump is twofold one it's the personal aspect that he is below the dignity of president of the united states he is below the dignity of a guy that should be treated with any sort of respect and two, the way he handled himself in office was solely transactional there was no basis of belief. There was no, no moral compass behind what he stood for. It was, what is good for me today? Okay.
0: Jeannie Ives, uh, you have been a guest on this program for many, many years. You've uh, run for governor of Illinois. You challenged an incumbent mm-hmm. governor and ran a very strong race, although uh, you finished second in a two-person race, and you run for Congress. But you're probably the, the first lady of conservative politics in Illinois, at least at this moment in time. Uh, you, your answer to the same question is it trump's policies that you like the most or is it
2: the man how can you not like some of trump's policies Mm. and i'm going to put a little caveat here because when COVID hit one of the worst things that he did was not fire dr fauci and dr burks right away the fact that they got a lead and a complete shutdown of the economy for months after month Mm. after month really damaged I think in the end his sort of reputation he also had some other personal issues Comey should have been out from the get-go as well I mean in personnel becomes policy that's kind of where he failed on the other stuff he look who can argue who can sit in this room and argue that he does not have a philosophy that he isn't transactional. Who else gets up there and speaks relentlessly about American first, America first, America first? I mean, America that's his first mantra. Trump first. One second. But no, 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 it doesn't. Are you talking about massive illegal immigration? Two million people walking across the border under Biden, and everybody else is okay with that. He understood very first about American okay. energy independence, American security in all realms. Our America re- first.
0: Our third Republican is Arlen Gould. Uh, Arlen, uh, you're not a big fan of Donald Trump. You have I, I am not railed against fan. him for a long time. I have. But is it Donald Trump the man, or is it his policies that really tick you off?
3: Well, it's 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 uh, the man. But let me just say this. I, I've had an opportunity to also to run Speak a, a little bit Republican, louder, if you will, Republican campaigns yeah. uh, over the years uh, for state rep. I, I consider myself the kid on the block who's now at the table with uh, one of the state leaders, and so i'm happy to be here and i appreciate being here bruce Mm -hmm. to me this is all about one word democracy donald trump has no need for democracy donald trump does not respect democracy donald trump has tried to overturn an election single-handedly that would be the end of the what does
0: it say what does it say arlen you're going to get the first follow follow-up. what does it say about seventy million people who voted for many of those seventy million yep. still probably cheer him Not yep. all yep. what does it say about them well, uh, and the way that president Biden has attacked
3: them for their extremist and, and semi-fascist views right. I I wouldn't go there I don't think that well good hiring everybody with the same brush makes any sense I don't think that the president's statements uh, did him any good because he really needs to attract Republican votes to win so there is a part of the party that's very Donald Trump, that believes he's doing the right thing. Uh, that's their decision. But an awful lot of people don't believe that.
1: OK, Patrick, you were making a point earlier. Go ahead. Well, I mean, you mentioned the Biden speech. And let's be clear that that was a campaign speech in campaign season, even if they try to disguise it as an official speech. Mm-hmm. So if you think he was talking to anyone other than potential Democratic voters, you're kidding yourself. Uh, the, the idea, and, and I. I, I certainly respect the the conservative ideals that Representative Ives brings to the table, but but I I disagree in the sense that Donald Trump is is the voice of the working class. He's he's anything but the voice of the working class. He's the voice of himself and only himself, many, and that's oh all he's ever cared about. How come so many in the
0: working possible. class seem to disagree with you on that?
1: That's a really great question that I haven't found the answer to
2: (laughs) that's because it's not true it's because it's not true it's a cult of personality 100% not true. you have now more Hispanic Republican voters in Democrat Miami Dade than ever before that is part of the Trump legacy even as it is part of DeSantis who has you know taken on and fully embraced trump ideals of america first and so that is what you see him you've had one congressional seat after another in texas that used to be blue now go to red and that is a result of what the leadership from donald trump now well, look was she, he she, he was not a perfect leader i'm telling you that i agree but he was he he has done a whole lot in bringing to the forefront the idea that america needs to be first and foremost in our any minds of
0: those people uh, African Americans and Hispanics. Yes. And again, all the polls and all the narrative is that they' you know they're the, the support they're giving Trump in the past and maybe in the future is is one of the big political stories out there in the body politic. My question to you is, what do you think their answer is to the question that I asked? Is it the machismo? Is it the show business aspect of Donald Trump? or is it his policies? What turns them on?
2: Why well, are they a it's choice? somebody who's a straight talker to them and okay. speaks at their level. That's what that's what turns on. And and the fact that he's he talks about uh, he, they, people want to have pride in their country. And, and, and Donald Trump, was, uh, more than anything else, had pride in America. And they actually understood his policies. They did better under Trump with his tax cuts, with his job development, with his uh, emphasis on energy independence. They did I better come, I under Trump.
0: Come, I want to come back and follow up on speaks at their level. I want to come okay. back and get everybody's That's reaction good. to what does that mean. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away tonight.
4: At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings a kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey
5: Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for Working Adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu.
6: It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, But our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. If you're me, we'll hear you.
7: We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how, and we tell them with honest conversations to let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
6: So talk, you? you can do it if you try.
0: She went back, and uh, Jeannie, you mentioned uh, Donald Trump speaking to their level. Elaborate a little bit more on what you meant by that, and I want to get the other guest's response to it. Is he talking down to them? Is he talking to, uh, uh, to blacks and Hispanics no. in a different manner?
2: No, no, he's talking He's talking to them about issues that concern them. Okay, not the whole diversity, equity, inclusion stuff. You really think? You really think the privates in the Army want to hear that crap? No, they don't. I'm telling you right now. And neither do the majors, and neither do the colonels, or the lieutenants, or any of them. They don't want to hear that crap. And he wouldn't take it. He was not going to take any of that. They didn't want to hear about student loan bailouts or anything like that that you hear from the Democrat side. He spoke plainly to the people like, we're going to put Americans back to work. We're going to protect America when we're out there. We're going to kill our enemies like he did uh, al-Baghdadi and the others. We're going to go after them. We're going to make Americans the priority. That is not speaking down to them. That is speaking real to them. Patrick I he was, was also speaking
1: well. out of both sides of his mouth.
2: Oh, In okay. what, he, um,
1: well, I mean, he's the guy that said we're going to repeal and replace Obamacare, though didn't have a plan, and two... Also John said, McCain, in, an interview, also John said in an interview with 60 Minutes that he wanted health care for everybody. So he's he, he was both for repealing Obamacare and having universal health care at the same time. He was for erasing the national debt or reducing the national debt, then was behind a tax cut bill that vastly grew the rate of debt in this, nation, our national debt, which Republicans magically flipped on where, you know, I was in congressional offices before the trump administration when you had debt clocks on the wall and then they were happy to raise it even more when when they couldn't pay for needs a little bit of a
0: correction okay, but what is it what what does that say for Republicans? And again you used to you know work and try to get republicans elected my question to you is what does it say for them that they weren't really upset with Trump when he was president they weren't pushing him on a lot of these things that are important to you. The, the headset will work better if you put it over the top of your head. This headset.
1: hair is very pretty.
0: It is, but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Throw the headset. It's, it's,
1: uh, it's essentially, I think we've seen the cowardice of Republican politicians over the last uh, five or six years now. That that they Does were everybody
0: un- agree with that? Well, I'm got, not a coward. You know? Absolutely.
1: Okay, go ahead. You hit a chord. People you brought everybody believe- together, Patrick. Go ahead. The, the reality was that most of the members of the House and Senate uh, Republican conference knew Trump was full of BS and, and were unwilling and unafraid to stand, or were unwilling and completely afraid to stand up to it because they knew the mob would come a call. It.
2: That needs some factual correction. First of all, after the Trump Tax Cuts and Job Act that went through in 2017, revenue actually increased. The problem is that you had Nancy Pelosi in charge of the Congress and they increased spending. If anybody Not remembers in here, if you're anybody remembers here, Pelosi exploded the budget and Trump tried to have that fight, shut down the government, everybody went ballistic, including the Republicans who wouldn't stand by him. And then what happened? The budget explodes. Because he had no control over the spending. Uh, 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 issues, but the revenue did come in. That actually did create additional revenue, including all of the revenue that came out back from the foreign countries that was being hidden offshore by our large corporations who didn't want to take huge tax hits on their money. I want to
3: jump in on two things that we started. One was the Hispanic support for the party and i will tell you when dick Ogilvie was governor and i ran the hispanic campaign for in illinois in illinois 1968 correct uh in his reelection bid 72 72 50 years uh, ago we won 24% of the of the hispanic vote in illinois I don't think Donald Trump has gotten any better than that now. So I don't believe we're doing that much better than we did then. That's my first It's Illinois. It's actually Illinois. I looked it up, looked it up the break.
1: So Trump got 38% of Hispanics in 2020. George W. Bush got 44% of Hispanics in 2004. So so the number's down from Bush levels. Okay.
2: For what? For overall or for Illinois? Nationally. Well, okay. we'll see.
0: Let's go to John in McHenry, Illinois. He's got a question, wants to chime in. Go ahead, John. You're on Beyond the Bell. Yeah.
8: Yes, just from an Hispanic perspective, one reason that we like Trump is because he projects and and is is strength. We like strong people, men or women. Look at some of the congressional races this fall on the Texas border. You've got Congresswoman Mayra Flores, she flipped the district. You've got Cassandra Garcia, you've got Monica de la Cruz, who could very well flip seats, and other frontline seats that are... Mm Not overly that have outstanding nominees, and they're all inspired by the strength of Donald Trump. But more importantly, Donald Trump allowed for God, family, and country, and that's what Flores is running on. That's what all the three of the South Texas ladies are running on, because it, it it's heartfelt, it's John,
0: genuine. John, yeah. let me ask you a question: In the people okay. that in the people that you work with, your neighbors? Uh, how many of those people are, like our, at least a couple of our guests this evening, they're not Trump fans, they want to be Republicans, but they're, they're, they're moving away from the Republican Party just because the party has, uh, you know, a stench of Donald Trump? It, it just, okay. in your, just in your personal sphere of influence, are there many people like that?
8: I have, I can tell myself personally and my neighbors i've moved away from the republican party you but have, okay. I'm still a conservative and i put god first family and country in that order and that is what being a genuine patriot is god and country in that order and that's how president trump was received and yes COVID came up yes he wasn't perfect nobody is perfect we know that scripture teaches that but that's why we, there are so many candidates inspired and yes there are some trump wannabes that are phonies we have to discern that but definitely Keep an eye on those three South Texas races. You know who they are.
0: You, who were who were the Trump phonies in your view, John? Well,
8: in running this year, we have one here in Illinois who just took down their position on abortion. Um, that's a phony because they ran in the primary saying that they're pro-life, and then they completely stripped their website of that reference and mm-hmm. they took down all their YouTube videos.
0: And that's who is that? Who is that?
8: That was uh, Illinois' 11th district's Catalina Lauf. She okay. took down all her b- abortion planks So that's just one instance. Mm-hmm. But we, but someone like Myra Flores.
0: Okay. You made your, uh, sir, sir, you've made your pitch for Myra Flores. Thank you very much. We we were, we appreciate your report from McHenry, Illinois, on South Texas politics. We appreciate it.
3: Ireland, uh, <laughs> so go ahead. So I have a core question for Jeannie. Okay. Is is Mr. Biden the duly elected president of the United States?
2: Yes, he is. All right. Do you have a problem with that? But that Uh, doesn't mean... Let me
3: finish. Okay. Let let somebody finish a sentence. Uh, The point is, as we all know, Donald Trump today still claims, and uh, incorrectly so, that he's the president. And last week after Mr. Biden gave that speech, he got up and said, I should be installed today as president of the United States what he is let me okay can I finish yeah absolutely you can so what he is doing is disintegrating democracy in this country and i'll keep going back to that because it is the core issue it's his personality the way he treats people the way he denigrates people uh the way he lies about elections how about how about how about right, let me just offer one other
0: assessment and then jeannie has gotta jump in how about we explain it as he's just a narcissist he's just a, just a minute. Let me finish. No, I, he's, I'm just an, he's just an egomaniac. He's not the only, he's not the first, he's not the last egomaniac that's mm-hmm. going to be president of the United States. But, you know, in his mind, in his mind, and by the way, I, psychologically, I don't think he has the capacity, psychologically, to admit that he lost. I really well, don't. I think you're right. Okay, but, 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 but the question is, why is it that 70-plus million people, give or take a million, well, I can still that. believe... Well, we in, don't know that his people. definition. And by the way, if there's anybody at this table who knows about corrupt elections, it's the two of us because we come out of Absolutely. Cook County, Illinois. Cook County, that's and correct. you know corrupt elections. I can tell stories. Okay. So right. the question is, uh, how much of that is just it, it, it's a personal trait that's very wrong. No, nobody should support it. But that's 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 but
3: that's when, the definition of who we When That trait prevents you from seeing <clears throat> things. Other than through your wounded eyes, it's not a place for a president. And that's what he does. One of his key attorneys today, yesterday, uh, in a release statement said that he doesn't believe he can ever get away from seeing the world through his wounded eyes and making decisions based on his own hurt.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. Um, There was 100 percent election irregularities there was 100 percent 100 percent document that? yes absolutely document because it. i documented in a court case in the, in the state of illinois what happened they the proved case? it to be moot after the fact but i'm telling you right now they changed state election law in illinois Phil pennsylvania and elsewhere they state change state election law Outside of the state legislature, which is unconstitutional. And in Illinois, I'm telling you what happened in 2020. You want to argue that it wasn't, that that Donald Trump thinks that he was wrong in that election? He was 100% wrong, as we figured out in Wisconsin already. In Wisconsin, they already figured that out. All right. They did. In Illinois, we know that they changed state election laws. I know Journal they did. Old,
3: told okay. okay does that
2: up. mean that that Biden's not present? Biden's present. Obviously, he's sitting there in the White House. But that doesn't mean that the election. But you're still was arguing
1: that it was oh, well,
3: a. I
0: want to go one sorry, second. One true. second. I want to look, Patrick, it's weigh true. in.
1: Patrick? The 2020 election, by its nature, was irregular. And, and that was because of COVID. That was because so many what? states changed their election laws for. The fact of making it easier for people to get their ballot in. That in itself isn't corrupt. Right. That in itself is irregular. But most whether you dropped your ballot off at the local library like I ended up doing that year or you mailed mm-hmm. it in or you went to the poll, the the votes were the votes were counted the same way they're counted in every single Correct.
3: election. Correct. 50, okay, wait I, a minute, I, Bruce, I, 50 I, what, what, court cases. One uh, okay, go ahead. Over right. nationally, 50 court cases. 64. In, 64, including the Supreme Court. That is how we question elections in the courts. Okay. And none of them won. Not one single case that Donald Trump won. Not one. We're going to be back.
0: I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks for joining us tonight on Beyond the Beltway.
9: Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education.
5: Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu.
10: This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart
11: A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
5: When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not.
6: Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs.
4: And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body.
6: And
2: nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes.
4: Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s
7: For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov right.
0: Bruce Dumont back. Nice to have you with us. And by the way, this is September 11th, 21 years ago. America was uh, shattered out of its uh, peaceful uh, existence. And uh, we will be discussing that in our number two, as well as the passing of Queen Elizabeth, but tonight we're talking about the future of the Republican Party, and we have three Republicans with us to varying degrees. Patrick is still giving me his eyes raised up. <laughs> uh, I want each of our guests to briefly explain uh, a little, give me a little biographical background, just about twenty seconds, Patrick. Yeah,
1: my name is Patrick Fingston. I'm a farm kid from nowhere, Illinois, turned uh, who was a journalist initially, turned a political guy for about ten years, and. Uh, Write a political newsletter now that's Illinois-focused called TheIllinois.com with a Z. Okay.
2: Jeannie Ives. Uh, yep. I'm Jeannie Ives. I'm a West Point graduate, served in the Army, uh, mother of five, and I ran for state rep, served six years under, I think, some of the most contentious time. Ran for governor and uh, also Congress.
3: Okay. So Arlen Gould, I uh, actually, believe it or not, started working in a Republican campaign for aldermen in Chicago. Uh nineteen sixty six or seven when I was still in high school from there, uh, got hired by Dick ogilvy uh in education. Uh worked for one of the really great governors of Illinois and after that moved out to the suburbs, have ran about ten campaigns, Republican campaigns for state rep, worked with closely with Mark Kirk and Bob Dold and a whole host of other uh Republicans who I consider among the good guys.
0: And to be completely candid uh, we've known each other for over 50 years. We you, sure have. You, I think you helped in my campaign. Washington I did. I did. We, long we
3: met ago. when I started with Ogilvy, and you now, were you were a, a cub reporter.
0: Uh, yes, I was. And I was a, and I was a cub candidate, too. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's go to Mark in Carmel, California, one of the most beautiful cities in America. Mark, nice to have you with us this evening. Go ahead.
12: Good evening, Bruce. Thanks so much, and I hope you had a nice week off last week. I did. And
0: my, uh, my thanks to Eric Cohen for doing a wonderful job and sitting in for me last week.
12: As he did. Hey, so um, I'm glad to have three conservatives on the, on the table tonight. And thank you, Jeannie, because uh, in my opinion, you're the only true conservative there. Because frankly, I have one question to ask all three of you. Okay. Given that most elections are a binary choice, you pick one or the other, what would all three of you choose? start with any in any order you'd like. We're giving a binary choice between a Republican and a Democrat on any on any ticket in America. what would you choose?
0: Any ticket okay not just president okay that's, that may be a little bit tougher than usual. Arlen Gould
3: well I, I still have to take character into the discussion and I just can't blindly vote for somebody. I've voted for Dem- for Republicans my whole life. I voted for Republican presidents my whole life. I voted for state only Republican reps, presidents. Only Republicans up until now, and even well, with Donald Trump, I chose not to vote. to Be candid, didn't vote at all. Okay. Right, uh, but but I I could not accept somebody who I believe is a criminal, okay. and just because they're a Republican, uh, vote for them.
0: Okay, there's your answer. Uh let's go to Patrick and get your answer.
1: What I'll say is that I voted for Republicans for president in 2004, mm-hmm. 2008, 2012, and undervoted for president in 2016 and 2020. Uh, I've only voted for uh, Republicans for governor, Congress, uh, U.S. Senate in, in my life, with the exception of 2018 when living in Indiana. I voted for Joe Donnelly for Senate.
0: Jeannie Ives. <laughs>
2: I've been a Republican since I was a teenage Republican growing up in South Dakota so um, I've only voted for Republicans and that's because if you look at the Democrat Party they actually wanted to take you know God out of the pledge that's who these people are they are the biggest pro abort socialist party at this time And you know the idea that you would not vote for Trump and you would not would even consider Hillary who truly is corrupt truly is corrupt, what about what about what I mean about is just outstanding. What, about what
0: Mark also talked about other other campaign, okay. I don't for U.S. Okay. Senate, Congress. I mean, uh, is it possible that you could? Vote uh, so for I, American you know party? what? I'll
2: tell you what. In it, it is a nonpartisan race, but I tell you what. The right guy for mayor of Chicago in twenty twenty three is Paul Vallis, and he's a Democrat, but he is the right guy.
0: Okay.
12: He is
2: qualified and he's principled. Okay.
0: And uh, let me just offer. Okay, so, uh, so Bruce,
12: I, like, I, you, uh, the, you did the roundabout. Am I still there?
0: Yes. you're still there, right? And I was gonna, I was gonna okay, give.
12: So, so, okay, so, so, let me do a follow-up question, um, because frankly, are any of you three, again, very happy with the direction of our country under Joe Biden, with all of the current administration goals, the big push <laughs> to towards towards renewable energies and outlawing, okay, uh, gas fueled vehicles Let's and let... what have you, and the open border policies that are going on. And, and those are the reasons that I ask. It's a rather binary choice. Okay. Mm-hmm. let's let's we can go let's, in one right. direction or we can go in another direction. Okay. And frankly, exactly right. we were thriving in, 20, in, in 2018.
0: Mark, let's, I'm going to ask two of our three guests because I think I know where Jeannie's coming from. Arlen, what's your answer?
3: My answer is I don't know who the candidate is today for oh. president, and so I can't. No, count.
0: he asked about Joe Biden. Oh, he asked about what think you think of Joe Biden. I think
3: that on some levels uh, he brought NATO back together. He has supported Ukraine uh... he's also passed the infrastructure bill that donald trump wanted to pass but was not able to pass okay. so he's done some positive things
0: and you want to continue to, to fund? uh... if the choice war? is binary
3: between him okay. and donald trump who i believe is a criminal okay, it would have to be but joe biden oh,
0: his question was just about joe biden
1: i had high hopes for a biden administration because i think he is above all a good man uh... his presidency has been a disaster uh, in all forms, uh, both domestically and internationally, and uh, I'm very disappointed by what by the tone and the direction of the Biden administration. And it's clear that Congress and his staff have driven a center-left guy way left. Okay,
0: you said he's a good man. I do believe that. Has, has there been any doubt in your mind? Because you know what I used to believe that. I, I believe that during the campaign, that Joe Biden generally was, you know, he, he was usually okay. I mean, in the last. 50 years that I've been covering politics, but you know what? That speech in Philadelphia, that changed everything for me, and it it wasn't it wasn't even before Philadelphia. I think Joe Biden is a pretty nice guy, but anyone who can stand and give that speech in Philadelphia is not a good man, because he doesn't really care about bringing the people of this country together. It, It 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 is the most divisive speech ever given by a president of the United States. And I, frankly, I have lost all respect for Joe
1: Biden just because of that speech. I, I think the speech was wrong. It was and, horrible. And no, and no matter what he said, let's let's talk about the Marines at the door. First, I, oh. I mean, the military is supposed to be apolitical, so positioning Marines in uniform mm-hmm. behind him was completely improper. Mm-hmm. It's wrong when Democrats do it. It's wrong when Republicans do it. Agreed. Plenty of people right. in the White House should have known better. Yes, uh, but they but, don't but there are a lot of things you can say about today's republican party and i don't think but i don't think the majority of republicans are fascist or semi-fascist or whatever term he used you know there there was no state management of the economy under trump there was no you know he didn't try to make himself permanent president he just tried to steal a second term gotcha. there, just tried to steal a second term he never tried to establish a single party dictatorship mostly what he did were just silly stupid public remarks That doesn't make you a fascist, it just makes you a bad president. By the way, you know, if you're
0: a regular listener to this program, you know that I am not a big fan of Chuck Todd, and I am not a big fan of Meet the Press. But today, Chuck Todd's guest was the vice president of the United States. If you didn't see the program, look it up on YouTube and watch it. It is a startling example of why Kamala Harris shouldn't be vice president, let alone president. She couldn't, she couldn't identify uh, what a semi-fascist was. But it is, her answer to virtually every question mm-hmm. is, this is this is a poster child for someone who should never be near the presidency of the United States. D- do me a favor. Look it up on YouTube. Watch it. We'll talk about it next week. Let's go to Joy in Spokane, Washington. Go ahead, Joy.
13: Hi there. Hi. Hi. Um, I have a, a couple of different takes on um um Trump because I've been so puzzled why he had the support he did. So I think I mentioned him maybe about six years ago I started listening to um right leaning radio shows here uh-huh. where I've always been a Democrat. Um and what I find is those on the radio and from Trump who um are still supportive of him just, I don't know, a lot of it I would define as just um, the base, appealing to the baser part of our country. Um, I just, I find that a lot of their, um, the, even the language they use and the names they call Democrats and such um and then also, just um, just the way that Trump would refer to immigrants. I just came from a week in Guatemala. I would describe those people, you know, they don't compare at all the names and the terms that Biden would use. Um, predominantly black um, football players are SOBs. I mean, continually, he who, used who this that? language. That who, who, I, who,
0: who were you talking about? Trump said-
13: did. Trump.
0: Who who did he call in SOB? Who, who did he call in I think
1: she's referring to the Kaepernick
0: yeah, situation. Yeah, the Kaepernick situation. Okay, mm-hmm. go ahead.
13: But he called them all. He said they they should those that S O B should he, all be kicked off. The, he, yes, he, he did. Those that, those that
0: should, kneeled. He, he, he talked those, those that
13: kneeled. Those
0: that kneeled or those that knelt.
13: He right. believed
0: he 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 referred to them right in a blanket way. Okay, that that yeah. is and that is a, a sin he's committed. In your view
13: but anyway I just well I just felt like he talks down about people I mean it continually I think he talks about people in very help hateful ways but the other thing is that I think he's playing a continuous game I read somewhere that before he even was um, uh, president he had like 3,500 lawsuits and um, he plays this game, and he did it throughout the presidency. He pushes throughout the gray areas to the black, and if it's you know if he's illegal, then they will say okay. he's illegal. But he's pushing the whole time. We're going to go find out because we're can. out. Of, we're
0: out of time for the segment. Back shortly. I'm Bruce Dumlao. Don't go
5: away. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for Working Adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at PurdueGlobal.edu. That's PurdueGlobal.edu. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice.
4: Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. A kind of exclamation, you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.
11: No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure,
10: um, we'll probably stay together.
11: Probably?
10: Hey, are you sure you're okay
9: to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably
11: okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council.
6: I'll be here to hear what's on your mind.
7: Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them. Parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening, and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance, early and often, on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it not just once for an hour when you think the time is right but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov
6: When you need me, I'll be by your side That was 22 years
0: ago. Bruce, you back, and we're talking about the future of the Republican Party. And my question uh, to you, and I'll start with you, Patrick. Where does the the party go now, given uh, the lay of the land, it looks like, all but, uh, I think, two primaries have been held in the country. Uh, But in a couple of weeks, all the primaries will have unfolded. And at the beginning of this election cycle, sort of the national media narrative was that the Democrats were going to have a tough time. But in their recent narrative, it's changed, and that is, the Republican primary voters in too many states have have voted for candidates that are too extreme and can't win. So they're now balancing it, suggesting that the Republicans may do fairly well or it might be an even run. On well, the
1: Trump-backed candidates in in governors' races and Senate races are having big problems. Right. Uh, they're they're trailing in polls or in fundraising. Uh, Blake Masters in Arizona, JD Vance in Ohio is down ten. Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania. Uh, you've mm-hmm. got gubernatorial races in Pennsylvania, Tudor Dixon in Michigan, mm-hmm. Darren Bailey in Illinois, who, who Representative Vives endorsed, if mm-hmm. I remember right. 100%. You know, he's I did a poll for I did an Illinois poll two weeks ago and Bailey's down 20 mm-hmm. uh, to a, a governor who's almost underwater in the polls. Mm-hmm. So it, these these Trump back candidates are showing that, that you're having a hard time converting moderate suburban mm-hmm. women to wanting to be Republican voters mm-hmm. and. It's going to be a long slog to get them back. Uh, Jeannie, Mm
0: -hmm. uh, suburban Republican women. That's you. So my question is, are you buying the narrative that it is suburban Republican women that are the biggest albatross around the party at the moment if it's trying to rally around Donald Trump?
2: Well, I, I would say that they tend to be much more moderate in the suburbs. That is true. There's there's no denying that. But, I mean, at the core of it, what, what do women care about, really? They care about their children and their future, and they care about security. And so, if we were able to raise the funds and we had political consultants who ran campaigns that understood how to message correctly... And directly to these voters, and we could do it as much as the Democrats do it in terms of repetition, 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 and get our message through. We may have a fighting chance here what because should they the environment be is good. What the should environment's they, good. What
0: should they be uh,
2: they should say things like "parents matter." Not your teacher unions, but parents matter. I mean, I think that's really a really important issue. I think it's something that resonates with everybody right now. They get the Bidens one to actually go ahead and investigate parents that were, you know, speaking up at school board meetings. This stuff needs to be articulated, just like Glenn Youngkin did in in Virginia for a win. I mean, he he had a very conservative message. He had a pro parent message, pro-education message, educational choice, actually, and uh, he won. He won on that. That is one of the most signature things that he won. Arlen
0: Arlen Gould, you are a member of a school board. You've been a member of school board for a long, long time. Um, How do you feel that the Republican Party or conservative base within the party, how have they conducted themselves in debating with teachers and school boards uh, at least within your sphere of influence. Well, are, they, are, they, are they a pain in the butt, or are they important?
3: Haven't affected us particularly. I think the problem is that when they paint every school board with the same brush and with the same attitude and the same charges and the same uh, tone, uh, what happens is in good school districts where we're doing a good job, parents push back and say, we know we can vote out that school board if we want to, and they can so the whole argument that we need to put parents back in control—they are in control in Illinois. They have a chance to vote out any school board every two weeks, every two as, years.
0: As a political operative who's managed campaigns, yep. Would you acknowledge that what happened in the Commonwealth of Virginia with Glenn Youngkin—that that the narrative of that campaign is that the Republican Party or conservatives they galvanized the parent vote. And because they were successful there, Republicans are trying to duplicate that around the country.
3: Well, yeah, but every state and every situation, every school board is different. So in that case, it resonated. But he also ran away from Donald Trump. So he ran away from the Trump attitude, messaging, and denigration of people. And that's in part why he won, not just the galvanizing of parents.
1: And most importantly, he ran away from social issues. Yeah. He made it. You know. uh, he made it a, a, an election about the economy, right. about jobs, about better schools, about more opportunities, and he did a great job not scaring away those moderate right. suburban women in Northern Virginia. Yep. And and they how showed the Terry
0: How do you, how do you feel about the way in which the Democrats, specifically within Illinois, Governor Pritzker? Because again, we're, we're seeing his television commercials all over the TV. How do you feel about the way he has handled? the abortion issue in scaring the hell out of women about abortion and what abortion is going to mean to them in the future it, is that is that fair the way he's
1: doing that it's interesting because in illinois there's no way you can make abortion more legal essentially right. and, and and he's it's he's right. running around with the democratic supermajority talking about how i'm going to preserve your your rights right. when
0: they already got it. But,
1: but what Democrats are doing are utilizing this issue to push the base out. This isn't about appealing to moderates or appealing to to center right. It's you know uh, there was a recent poll in Illinois that showed two thirds of voters are in the middle on abortion. They're either pro life with exceptions or pro choice with restrictions. Mm-hmm. What what Governor Pritzker is doing is and and Democrats across the country are running to that twenty percent in their state that are. Are fully all out abortion to mobilize them and get them to the polls, Mm -hmm. and that's why they're winning in a lot of these races because they've got their base fired up. But the
2: problem is, you have political consultants who don't want to take this on; they don't want to discuss the extreme positions that that people like Tony Evers and Bruce and um, um, uh, JB Pritzker have. They don't want to discuss those. They they say to run away from the social issues when, in, in fact, you could actually have this as a winning issue. The idea that you are not going to let a parent know that their third year old daughter is going in for an abortion which simply protects a sexual predator and Republicans are afraid to talk about that is a problem That is a winning issue 72% of even pro-choice Democrats agree that parents have a right to know this is where I'm saying parents matter in everything and and the the Republicans do not want to talk about this stuff to their detriment but you know what it is a winning issue there is a there is a actual uh, a a, up in Wisconsin there's running a thing that says I'm pro-life and I believe there's should be restrictions on abortion. I'm pro-choice, and I believe there should be restrictions on abortion. Guess who doesn't believe that? Tony Evers. And so those are winning issues. Issues. If we had political consultants who would do the right thing on on messaging, when we don't come back, do that.
0: we're going to continue with the political consultants we have around the table this evening. We will continue this discussion on this issue in the next hour. Also, in the next hour we'll be talking about September
3: 11th. We all have the ability to touch the lives of those around us. To someone going through a difficult time, a text, a call, or a visit can mean so much. Reach out to the veterans in your life today. Let them know they're not alone. One simple act can make all the difference. That's the power of one. If you're a veteran in crisis or no one who is, visit VeteransCrisisLine.net for free 24-7 confidential support.
5: Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu.
9: Goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride, with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice.
4: Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, a kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's. Be a sub above.
3: One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it
11: could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, Goal. or you, your best man, your worst man you, your dog
3: walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its Pre-Diabetes Awareness Partners.
0: Bruce Dumont back in hour number two of Beyond the Beltway. We're going to continue our discussion about uh, Republican politics and also switch gears to talk about Queen Elizabeth a little bit later on in the hour and also... uh, any reflections that the people might have about 9 uh, 11. Uh, but, uh, Jeannie, Ives, I want to ask you a question because it goes back to what we've discussed in the last hour, which is how the Democrats are using uh, the abortion issue, uh, at least based on the television, and in, in sort of mm-hmm. a very scare using scare tactics. Uh, and they have described what uh, Darren Bailey, mm-hmm. and for those around the country, we introduced you to Darren Bailey on this program about two months ago, so you had a chance to hear his. Story up close and personal for an hour. But my question to you is, uh, the TV commercials are offering a very one-sided opinion and definition of his position on abortion. Abortion is one of your key issues. You are an uh, unofficial advisor to the campaign. What is his position on abortion?
2: Well, he was just on WIND radio the other day, and actually he avoided answering the question about uh, abortion and in terms of exceptions for rape and incest, because he does not want to discuss it, uh, from my opinion, you know, from what I can tell. And I am not an official advisor to that campaign, okay. I, I, but I am, you know, but okay. do I kind of know who Darren Bale is? Absolutely, 100%, I support him. He is a very pro, he is pro-life. Uh, The reality is is that even when you look at the Dobbs decision, the Dobbs decision was based on a 15-week limit for abortion. That is actually... Where even two thirds of Illinoisans, which is a very blue state, even that we agree that the majority of the, uh, Illinoisans agree that abortion should be limited to the first trimester. I mean, that's where most people are. That's where you can find a lot of commonality. Now, I'm pro-life. Darren's definitely pro-life. There's no doubt about that. But in a practical sense, where is this going with the, the legislature that's in place right now and the rules surrounding it? It's not going to an abolish even an uh, even a heartbeat bill. I don't see that happening in the state of illinois so the democrats on the other hand in illinois i mean we are one of the most radical states for abortion in fact they are talking about using taxpayer money to support and supplement people coming in from out of state to get abortions in the state of illinois and it is thunderous yeah, applause no, no, in, in, thunderous in, in applause over abortion by the democrats here in,
0: in this in this matter
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, you have a binary choice in november for who's yes. going to be the next governor yes. of illinois yes and every single tom- commercial that Pritzker is putting out there and independent groups supporting Pritzker, they're hammering the issue of abortion. So uh, yes. I- I'm a little bit surprised and disappointed that uh, the would-be governor does not understand the importance of articulating his own position if it includes rape and incest. That also, I think, is a very majoritarian position. Sure is. And, it sure and is. If he's, Absolutely. And if he's, and if he's unwilling... In a radio interview to acknowledge his majoritarian opinion, I'm I'm wondering where his political skills are.
2: Well, you know, a lot of this is uh, the the way that the reasons you hear the Democrats talking about this is because they have the money to talk about it. Campaigns are expensive, and money means you can get your message out. Now, if the messaging were correct, the messaging that should be done in the state of Illinois is that the, uh, the. Democrats have made it very dangerous for women, even if they were to have an abortion. Uh, Abortion clinics are not largely inspected or regulated in this state. If you die in they literally wrote into the law that if you die in abortion procedure, the coroner will not be called. I mean, that's what they wrote in. They wrote that 13-year-olds can go get an abortion now without any parent notification. That protects sexual predators. Those are the issues that almost everybody thinks should happen, and most people don't even understand that it is complete lawlessness when it comes to this. But to put
0: that into a... TV commercial. That's mm-hmm. a that's a complicated story, right? That you've just told to put into a thirty second. Well, spot. Well, we we did when, a thirty when, second
2: spot on this. My okay, my but, my whole uh, my whole organization, breakthrough ideas. We just put put out a thirty second spot on it.
0: Good, but it still doesn't. If you're the voter deciding wh- well, whether or not Darren Bailey is as as mm-hmm. as J B Pritzker has defined him, uh, it seems to me that that he's not standing up for the fight well the issue is this an issue or that's important to you
3: it's an issue that is important to me I have a wife I have daughters uh, I have granddaughters uh, but the issue and I think the, the problem that the Republicans have is the noise coming out of places like uh, Tennessee and Florida and Texas uh, in terms of how women are being treated in their general health concerns and being told to go home and get sicker before they can have an abortion so overwhelms the message that Jeannie is talking about that nobody hears anything other than how women are being treated and that's why you've got a state like Kansas uh, voting enormously in favor of uh, women's rights
1: the reality is abortion is a gray issue for most people uh, the the either you're you can be pro-life or pro-choice But there's so much more to it than just that. I have a nine-month-old at home. And before I heard his heartbeat for the first time, I would have told you that I was pretty ambivalent to really don't care because it wasn't an issue that impacted me. I hear his heartbeat for the first time. You better believe I'm going to run through hell if I have to protect his life. And, you know, but there are so many different scenarios that we all... Don't understand or 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 can't comprehend whether it's whether it's the loss of a baby, whether it's uh, you know whether it's uh, uh, a baby that can't be viable outside the womb Correct. when when it's born. There are so many.
2: Okay, parts uh, that that's personal to me, quite frankly. That's personal sure. to me, because my fifth child, at the twenty week ultrasound, we found out that he would not survive outside the womb. I carried him to term because it was not. With, it was not my decision to take his life. Uh, you rule out a miracle. There was no, no complications with the pregnancy. There's no, there is something that women have gone through for, through for centuries. And if you allow the process, in my opinion, to play out the way nature should take it, there is still, there's no, there's no reason to have to abort just because upon birth the baby will die, which is exactly what happened with my son. So, um, I mean, to, to say that that is a reason for abortion. We went from just now in this conversation I'm, talking about a possible rape and incest issue where most people agree yep. to now going, you know, because the baby's going to die that's, at birth, that you should be able to abort. I what mean, I'm I just saying is that it's a gray area for that. most people.
1: I reject Many that. people, at least. And and while I can't imagine that pain, and I'm not trying to... to Equate it to anything. My point is that each person views the different layers to this differently, and I can't be the judge of how someone feels on a situation.
3: Right. Well, and the other uh, part would, of I it is to, it's yeah. complex. There are so many medical conditions that a doctor has to look at that why should a doctor feel dangerous. threatened uh, for doing their job to try to protect the life but of the mother no, first?
0: No, I, no. I, I do would, you believe I would, the 10 year old? I want to get back to the media and 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 the people that make commercials who are trying to convince people you know the, the 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 popular narrative is that because of roe v wade the the overwhelming majority of american women in this country are up in arms and they are just lining up getting ready to vote uh... democrat because they they they're so upset about it and i'm just saying to myself sort of asking what what percentage of the women in america or what percentage of these republican women that are upset with donald trump what percentage of them are furious at the concept of abortion furious at the at the at the possibility and the likelihood of illinois you know you know being a cheerleader and governor pritzker being a cheerleader for abortion i wonder how irate they really are because i don't see it in television commercials and that's where the power
9: Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice
5: a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu.
6: We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org.
0: We are back. Patrick Fingston, Jeannie Ives, and Arlen Gould join us tonight. And they're all in studio. The first time we've had three people in studio for a long time. We're trying something a little new, and we're also on TV, so uh, we may do do this again, folks. Thank you very much. That long-range planning for this. That's what happened. Right, Patrick? It's our our
1: pleasure to be here.
0: (laughs) The way we did it. (laughs) Um, September 11th, 21 years ago, I think most people who were alive remember where they were. Uh, I don't want to do a huge show on it because I want to really focus more on uh, what lessons we have learned in the last 21 years, and uh, we have a whole generation that doesn't even remember it now. Yeah. Uh, Arlen you have a, a quick story you want to share as to? Yeah, so how it affected you?
3: Ten months before, I had the opportunity to take my family to New York, and we went through the lobby of the World Trade Center. We chose to go up to the top of the Empire, but we did not go to the top of the World Trade. Yeah. On the day nine eleven, I had one. Of, I have a lot of breakfast meetings, and I, I was at a breakfast meeting. We were sitting at a table. There's a big TV set there. And you, you can see all of a sudden, you see there's a building and there's smoke coming out of it. And you didn't make too much of a thought about it until somebody said there's something really serious going on. So we walked over to the TV, and you could see the size of the hole. And we assumed it had to be an airplane at that point. And we hung around for a while as it continued to burn and uh, went back to our table. And then uh, I could see another plane coming. And then I saw the second plane hit it live as I was sitting there in, in the restaurant. It was pretty powerful, pretty terrible to watch. Wow.
0: Well, my memory is uh, I was out of the country. I was uh, vacationing in Sweden, and I was on, on an island off an island. The island is Gotland Island. And uh, I was off that island and just going around the countryside and coming back, waiting in the car, waiting for a, you know, a ferry that was going to take me maybe Ten yards across the uh, uh, the stream there, and uh, had the radio on, and everything was in Swedish. Obviously, uh, the music was was playing, but again, uh, when the voices came on, I could make out it was in Swedish. They talked about uh, New York, trade towers,
6: mm-hmm.
0: Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania mm-hmm. came mm-hmm. up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Pentagon, terrorism. Yep. Those are the only words that I really made out. And then I switched to another station. And those words were coming through again. So I'm saying, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. So finally, uh, when I took the ferry across uh, the, the lake there, uh, got back to the hotel where I was going to stay that night. This was in Gotland. When I checked in, they said, where are you from? And I said, Chicago. And they said, we understand there was a, an attack on Sears Tower. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because there was there was rumors yeah, for a while yeah, that Sears yeah, yeah. Tower had been hit, yeah. and I said no, and I said well, then they pointed to the television set in the lobby, and you could see some of the video, the early video. But the early video that I saw, and again, this is, you know, whatever the difference in time was, it was not the planes going into the, it was, you know, it was a little bit of, of what happened at the Pentagon, and I did not until I got into my room I realized what had happened because this is. CNN was not there. This was like Sky News, which was the big uh, uh, European television. Mm-hmm. And then from that point on, I was I, w- I was locked in, and I realized that uh, uh, it was the one of the first times in the history of this program I was going to be away for two consecutive weeks. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a substitute. I, there were two shows that were in the can. One show had already run, and I said, there's no way in the world I can run a canned show. Right. So I called up and eventually went over to Radio Sweden, which ah. was their NPR, and introduced myself and asked if I could utilize a studio. And their studio was right next to the American Embassy. Mm. So I made the arrangement to do my program the following Sunday, which was like what, three or four days later. And then, uh, like everyone else, uh, I, I, I got some flowers and I put them on the, the floral display that had been set up outside uh the American embassy yep. and that night when uh, my friend and I when we went out to dinner in this small restaurant restaurant tavern in Gotland people total strangers came up mm-hmm. and because they noticed that we were Americans yep. they came up and offered their condolences yep. and it was mm-hmm. it was it was it was something that I will never forget mm-hmm. but coming back this was several days later when I finally came back to the United States uh, and landed in Chicago, the uh, the airline pilot said, "Welcome back to the United States of America." And everyone in the plane they applauded, and tears were coming sure. down everyone's face yeah. because of the experience. But it's twenty one years later. Uh, as an American, it's a I feel and I still feel an emptiness in my body, in my heart, and soul that you I don't quite have the same appreciation or understanding of what it was like, because I've heard numerous stories from people such as yourself, Carol Marine, the Mm -hmm. great reporter, tell she Mm -hmm. was on the scene reporting at that point, her display of what happened, and and then also just, you know, my employees at the Museum of Broadcast Communications talking about that they were sent home and you know, the the, the hustle and bustle and the silence on the L's that night going home because everyone was so fearful, but again, it's a it's a collective experience of what it was like to be an American Yet. that I, I, I can't really understand or comprehend because I didn't experience it. But I experienced right. it from as a as a, as a American citizen on S- foreign soil.
3: So an add-on. Um, I was a teacher uh, in those days. That was when I, uh, mm-hmm. teaching public schools, and uh, the next day. Um, there was some kind of a scare and they were sending us home early and our students all escorted us. It was in the inner city. Mm-hmm. They all escorted the teachers to their cars to be sure everybody got away safely. Well, it was that kind of feeling no. about helping each other.
0: Twenty-one years later, Patrick, um, there's a whole generation <laughs> that couldn't comprehend the story I just told or, or even reading about it. and 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 part of it in my opinion is that the the news media at least in recent years has done a very poor job in playing the video of the planes and some of the devastation of what took place there and i'm not talking about the people jumping out of the tower i mean i frankly have never seen that video yeah. but again i know it exists so i'm wondering whether or not the the, the collective media of the united states at least the electronic <coughs> media are they doing a disservice to the American people and to a younger generation by not showing the, the devastating pictures that uh, exist?
1: You know, it's a really interesting question. I, I think, you know, a, a college freshman this year was born in 2004, so so it literally oh. didn't happen, you know, right. in their lifetime. Right. Uh, I, I mean, they they were born after the invasion of, of Afghanistan and Iraq. I mean, it's it, it's. So the question is is it being taught in schools first of all which I don't know the answer to uh, but, but two yeah clearly we're not we're not doing enough in terms of remembrance of what happened and how we felt that day and the way we came together afterward uh, and and it's it's I think it's doing a disservice not only to those that are growing up that didn't understand it but those of us that are forgetting about it
0: Jeannie, what's your uh, action or reflection that and also, just answer to the question about whether or not we, as a society, are, are doing a proper job in, in reminding people what happened.
2: Well, I, I think uh, you know it's it, it's very rare that America is tacked on her soil. I mean, it just it just right. doesn't happen, right? Yeah, you had, you had the You know, during World War II, obviously, you had Pearl Harbor. You had some Germans you know, skulking off the side. The the, you know, our 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 coasts and everything like that, but really to have an attack like this in modern history is just, most people have never even experienced it. it it's maybe only the military who actually conceive of it or think of it during their training. Like, I may actually have to defend myself, my, my teammates, um, everybody else if for the country. You know, very few people actually think that way, and very few people actually stand up and, you know, raise the right hand and swear an oath uh, to defend the Constitution and and the United States and so I think that there's a total disconnect between service to the country that way and it ever being attacked and I I think that's a problem one other comment though on that is you know I I think it's it's remarkable that, that what we have also forgotten is that 20 years hence now what's happened The Taliban are back in charge of Afghanistan with $80 billion worth of our equipment because Joe Biden and the military leaders let it happen in a terrible way, the exit from Afghanistan. We are more vulnerable now with 2 million illegal immigrants coming across our border with um, the, the Taliban in charge of Afghanistan again, with literally the lawlessness that happens on our streets every day. Public safety is a real issue. National security is a real issue. And I think it's something that we do not pay but enough again, attention but, to. But
0: again, I, mean, I you know I, I hear you. on. I agree on some of that, disagree on others. But t- t- to me, the media generally is about dynamic pictures and playing them over and over again, whether it's the Rodney King beating or or... or You know, riots. uh, You know, in Chicago or wherever, but in this particular case, this is this is devastating video. And by the way, in my view, as I as I looked at, uh, and I I was looking at the media coverage. You know, five ten days later, this was a great day in the history of media. The way they covered Mm -hmm. the story. I mean, this was a big, huge story, and most media covered it in a very responsible way and yet they're not even reminding people of their responsibility in the wake of this horrendous tragedy right. and again for right. the person born in two thousand four or my grandchildren they don't know from this and again i think part of it is it's like they don't want to rile up the american people and get them all exercised again and ticked off at uh, you know at, at the saudis or whoever uh, or or al-qaeda i'm bruce dumont back shortly we're going to talk about the queen of england
4: At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra. An exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. A kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.
7: They need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov.
10: This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces
11: A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
0: Bruce Duwanpack, we continue with uh, our broadcast this evening. And uh, in the next uh, half hour, we're going to be joined by John Kachelko. In fact, uh, John joins us on the line now. John, are you there? Yes, I am. it's going okay. to be back again. Bruce. It is good to have you with us and for those uh, around the country let me mention that uh, John has a, a doctoral study in British history at Loyola University. Uh, he has a bachelor and his thesis uh, was on the British monarchy and the age of Victoria and also uh, he's have a lifelong interest in the United uh, Kingdom and has done a lot of writing and and, and reading on the subject and so uh, uh, he uh, he was not able to be with us in studio tonight but again he has an expertise and uh, i i want to begin obviously in the wake of the passing of queen elizabeth after seventy years uh... on the throne in england uh... obviously it's it's been wall-to-wall coverage so it's pretty hard to get away from the story but uh... explain to us john why you think so many americans appear to be interested in the queen of england
14: well I think it it derives from from what we call the special relationship between the United States and the United Kingdom the fact that we we went through uh, three world wars you might say in the 20th century the first and second world wars and the cold war it goes back to the uh, uh, the deep friendship between FDR and Winston Churchill between Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher but more than that you know it's it's uh, it's axiomatic people say that you know we share a common language we share a common literature we share a common devotion to the rule of law we share a common history in many ways we were after all colonies of mm-hmm. of of great britain and although that was broken in 1776 it wasn't long before the feelings of kinship were rekindled in the 19th century mm-hmm. queen victoria <clears throat> was extremely popular uh, in America. Americans were well aware of, of Queen Victoria. So it goes back to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that all of this, and, and then when you add to that the 70-year reign of Queen Elizabeth, the many times that she visited the United States, I remember watching when she came to, to the United States and to Canada to dedicate the St. Lawrence Seaway mm-hmm. in 1959. I remember right. watching on television when she spoke and President Eisenhower spoke and it was it was covered on the old Today Show with, yeah. with Dave Garraway. Well, she came so to, Chicago 1959. Yes. She yes. to
0: Chicago in nineteen fifty nine. Yes, did she come to Chicago with I, I, Mayor, Mayor Daley? I remember. Uh, them, the, I remember a great picture of them at, at Buckingham uh, Fountain. Huh. Sure,
14: that was all part of that trip when when she came here for that dedication. When when and, uh, when did the 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 issue of the monarchy? When did it
0: start? Why does it continue? And will it always continue?
14: Well, the monarchy, of course, goes back more than a thousand years. The, okay. the queen mm-hmm. and now King Charles can trace his ancestry back even before the Norman Conquest, which we all know of 1066. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, her her ancestry even predates that. They're one of the oldest royal families on earth. Uh, it is it has. It has had some difficult times along the way, but it remains, as you can see from from the crowd, immensely popular today, and I am one of those who believe that it will go on uh, as far into the future as anyone can see, and I hope beyond that as well. Uh, I think it is a valued institution. John, where,
0: where does its money come from? How did they get to be one of the richest families in the world?
14: Well, the simple answer to that is land. I mean, uh, the, the the landed aristocracy, uh, land was was the the foundation of uh, of wealth for mm-hmm. for most of history until right. until the until the nineteenth century with the rise of industry, and of course the the, the nobility and and the royal family were landowners. The uh, the landed aristocracy have, have have come in on difficult times in the twentieth century because of the taxes that were imposed largely by the labor party as a way of punishing the upper class, but Mm -hmm. the, the Royal family were long exempt from those types of taxes. So the the queen has, has land, but also investments. I mean, their money was invested wisely. So they they have great wealth. Much of the, of the, the functioning of the monarchy is, is self-funded by the, the, the money that is derived from their, their lands and investments and estates. The amount that comes from what they call the civil list is, is is a much smaller factor today. It, that that has, been, who has man- been reduced and fewer people who man- are on that civil. Who,
0: who manages their money, and is there some sort of a uh, is there a bar uh, between the where their money is managed and the political decisions of uh, Great Britain?
14: Oh, certainly, certainly, because uh, uh, for example, you you may have heard that. Uh, uh the, the prince of wales you know the, the prince william has now become right. the, the duke of duke of cornwall that's it's a hereditary uh oh. title that that, that 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 is attached to, to being the prince of wales uh the duchy of cornwall is is very wealthy and charles has managed that money and uses much of it for charitable purposes mm-hmm. much of that money goes for charitable purposes they have they have a staff which manages their private funds as distinct from, from the, the government money, and uh, and so th- there is a clear separation between uh, the, the private wealth of the crown. For example, Balmoral, where Her Majesty died, is, is owned privately. It, it is different from, from Windsor Castle, mm-hmm. which is part of the crown, part of the state, which is part of the state property of the monarch. Mm-hmm. but. But Balmoral is privately owned, as is a place called Sandringham, where they always spend their Christmas time. Mm-hmm. But
0: again, uh, there in those there, there is someone uh, in the family, and there's someone in the government that makes sure that the the family money doesn't get commingled with the money of the government. Oh, I mean, that's the way oh, we would look oh, oh, at it in the United States, and and I'm just saying, is is there a similar thing that that keeps those two uh, funds oh, of course,
3: separated.
14: Of course, because I mean, okay. I, I don't know that that has ever been an issue. I don't know there's okay. ever been any question that there are, there are clear separations between state activities and state functions and, and all of that, and then their private holdings and their private investments. They're clearly distinct and separate.
0: Is there any is there any former colony uh, once they have been let go or freed or uh... Or given their independence uh, by the royal family, is there any one of those entities that has become uh, hostile towards either Great Britain or the family?
14: Well, of course, see, there's, there's, a, there's, there's a Commonwealth that that consists of of many countries, right? I mean, more than fifty countries in the Commonwealth. Uh, most of those do not acknowledge the the monarch as being their monarch uh there there are i believe 14 uh including great britain uh which which recognize uh, the, the monarch as their own monarch canada, in canada for example the, mm-hmm. the the king charles is the king of canada he is the king of australia he's the king of new zealand mhm and, and there are a number of others, many of them now islands in the, in the, in the Western Hemisphere, mm-hmm. some of which are now looking to go toward independence and separating from the monarchy and becoming republics. Uh, whether, the, whether there's been actual hostility, I mean, all these countries, particularly the, the, the many countries in the Commonwealth, they all pursue their own foreign policies, mm-hmm. which can be contrary to British foreign policy, and contrary to particularly to Britain's position with, with NATO. But uh, remember, the, the Commonwealth, is no, it's no longer the British Commonwealth. It was, I remember when I was a kid, it was called the British Commonwealth of Nations. Now it's simply called the Commonwealth, because it has this more global connotation. And there even was one country recently joined the Commonwealth, which had never been a colony. So it's even open to other countries joining mm-hmm. the Commonwealth, uh, even if they were, never had any connection with Great Britain and never were a, a colonial home. And its relationship
0: with the Church of England, because the king is the king is the head of the Church of England, as was the late Queen, uh, the head of the Church of England.
14: What what? Tell us about that relationship. King Charles is, by by parliamentary statute, the supreme head of the Church of England. So he is considered the temporal head of the church, whereas and of course the Archbishop of Canterbury is the spiritual head of the Church of England. This, mm-hmm. this, as I think most Americans know, goes back to Henry VIII and his divorce, mm-hmm. and his his unwillingness mm-hmm. to accept the Pope as the final authority on whether he could be divorced or not. Mm-hmm. So Charles, uh, and even made reference to that in his in his speech on Friday, uh, his speech to the nation that, that he assumed as his responsibilities. Both Charles and his mother were known to be very religious. They take their... Their Christianity very seriously, as does the royal family in general. Uh, even though, of course, you know England has long been uh, religiously diverse, uh, but but the, the, it is it, they do have an established church, <clears throat> and he is the head of it and takes that position very seriously. Versus, what is he had your that title, the Defender of the Faith? What is your
0: reaction to his first address to the world, Princess Charles? I
14: thought it world. was. Prince Charles, right? I thought it was magnificent. I, I thought it was an excellent speech. I thought he hit all the right notes. Mm. Uh, he, he he honored his mother at the beginning. He honored his mother at the end. He had her portrait there beside him, uh, which I suppose was to be expected. But I just mm. thought I thought it was an excellent speech. I, I couldn't find a thing wrong. He talked about the importance of preserving tra- while recognizing uh, the, the, the coming of progress. And one of the problems I have with our media, of course, is that they never they never talk about the first half of that. They're only interested in change. They're constantly calling for change. Yeah. He recognized the importance of preserving tradition, the heritage, the history, and and by extension, the pomp and circumstance that goes with the monarchy. I thought it was excellent, excellent. John excellent, Kachilko,
0: excellent.
14: uh we are out of time
0: for this segment. I thank you very much for joining us uh, on Beyond the Beltway this evening and sharing your uh, lifelong interest and awareness of uh, the Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth and now King Charles III. Back shortly. Great to be
14: with you. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. You're welcome.
4: At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra. An exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings. The kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.
5: When it comes to vaping,
9: the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not.
6: Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs.
4: And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body.
2: And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes.
4: Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s
7: For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
11: No word in English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date?
10: Sure, um, we'll probably stay together.
11: Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. <laughs> I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, OK, Don't tell me what to do. Cannonball! If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and Ad Council.
0: Bruce Dumont back, and uh, our telephone number is 1 800 723 80289. We've got a short time left if you want to join us you better do it quickly and uh, during the break uh, Arlen Gould uh, you are a man of a million stories and uh, you have a connection to the royal family
3: Yeah. so some years ago uh, my partner and I acquired a business called Cardini Foods Cardini salad dressing uh-huh. from Rosa Cardini who was Caesar Cardini's daughter Caesar Cardini is the man who invented the Caesar salad July 4th 1924 He did that in Tijuana, Mexico, in a restaurant that he had, uh, and uh, he was running out of food. He needed to do a belly stuffer to keep people happy. So he created a a dressing with what he had, which was romaine lettuce, a coddled egg, some garlic, uh, etc., but no anchovies, Bruce. I know you want anchovies in there. no anchovies in the... Now, there was some Worcestershire sauce in it. In Worcestershire sauce, one-tenth of one percent is anchovy. Okay. Good and ahead. some chef along the way, we don't know who, never was... Julia Childs wrote about this story a lot. It never was discovered as to what chef added actual anchovies to the Caesar salad. Uh. But the connection with the royals is that the Winstons, uh, that part of the royal family, uh, actually tasted the Caesar and No, what Tijuana. part of the
0: family were they? The Winstons. The Windsors. The You're to the Winstons. Windsors. Yeah. The Windsors.
3: My memory is...
0: Well, the, the, everybody knows yeah. the, Windsor the Windsors The Windsors,
3: yeah. That's the, big, that, the family. Right. And so one of them, and I don't remember who it was, uh, was in Tijuana drinking and partying, which is what people did then because you couldn't do it in the U.S. during the Depression. A member
0: of the royal family was partying in Tijuana?
3: Was down there, only tasted only the Caesar salad, tasted the Caesar salad, and brought it back to the U.K., the recipe. and But it never really took hold in the U.K. until we began to sell it in the UK, in bottled fashion, your company, our company, and it became a very big dressing in the UK. But
0: when they took the, uh, they got the, the recipe from Mr. Caesar, right? Right. So did they give him any money for it? Did they? I no, mean, no. He they, obviously knew who they were, right? I mean, they he, were. He knew
3: who they were, but they he gave it to him, and he didn't ask for it. They didn't do anything with it. It was it was only sold in a restaurant at that point. It wasn't a commercial product yet. So they didn't but they
0: used it at the castle. I mean, if they had the recipe. Well, they
3: did. And later on, by the way, Queen, uh, uh, Diana loved the Caesar. That was her favorite dressing as well, I can wow. tell you that. I met her chef at one of the food shows in the UK. And Diana, that was her favorite dressing. They used to buy the Caesar for her and serve. From it. you,
0: from your company. From
3: our company in a store in the uk they oh, they would man. bought it back then
0: no that you've not heard that story on any other no you have radio television coverage <laughs> and <laughs> still right here tonight on beyond the beltway right That's awesome Jeannie, right. you, you have a you have a reflection you wanted to make?
2: Well, i just anytime somebody of her age uh dies it's it's just remarkable to think back at what she has seen in her lifetime a total transformation of the world quite frankly from its industrial capacity to its communication technology, to just uh, the, the way that the world is designed, that the, the the kingdoms and the 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 empires that existed when she was born no longer exist. Uh, it's just, and I think that you know, we, we when we lose our sense of history and what can happen in just a one hundred years, well, ninety six years for her, but really in that amount of time, I, I think that. That we all lose something if we don't reflect on that, and I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think she should be known really as a renaissance woman mm-hmm. too. That's the other thing. She was, she had so many interests that were outside of just being the monarch, from her Jersey cows um, to to just you know her everything. Sense of humor. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, it, the it, king,
0: the, the the king, the new king, mm-hmm. the king may be on opposite sides of your politics because. He's big in, in global warming. That's one of his big topics.
2: Well, I don't think that the new prime minister is, however, so I think that that's remarkable. And I think that they're getting their comeuppance right now with the way that they've gone along that realm. That's a whole other show. i okay. love to delve into that one. But I, I do think, you know, her, her horsemanship, you know... We we don't appreciate very, that so classy, much. I mean, she's amazing. She she was able and, to do everything. And you know, she seven, served 70, in the Seventy
0: years is is amazing. Mm-hmm. As, and and will uh, anybody
2: ever do that again? No,
0: I don't think so. No, and I will that record. You born? know, you talk about uh, you know my my memory. My memory is going back to when I was eight years old, and this was in 1952, in my whatever the coronation was, I think mm-hmm. it was 52 or 53. Early 53 uh, that was the first time that an event in Europe was filmed, flown back to the United States, and played on early morning television. I remember watching mm-hmm. the coronation of Queen Elizabeth
11: mm-hmm.
0: on my mm-hmm. blonde Lion and Healy television set, an old square made by the Lion and Healy Company in mm-hmm. Chicago. and And obviously television was very new in our home, and it was very, very exciting. But again, uh that and the other thing that would on, be on early in the morning were the atomic bomb tests mm-hmm. at Yucca Flats mm-hmm, Nevada mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but again the 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 coronation of the queen was a huge story in the history of of american television
1: i was going to say it, it will be very interesting to see how the new king balances his political history with the job that has to be strictly apolitical mm-hmm. uh he if if he were political, he's made very you know liberal statements at times, yes. mm-hmm. and and you have a conservative majority in parliament, so right. you you could run into some really huge issues constitutionally over there if right. if he gets off on some uh, political tangents.
3: As I, he's I think been known he's been warned. I think he's there's yeah. been discussions about that very point. Surely, well, he
9: alluded. Yeah. He alluded yeah. to yeah. that. Yeah. Past in his, yeah. Yeah.
0: he alluded that in his speech that also that he was uh, not going to be terminated. right, active, right. but also. Uh, he is the president of 400 institutions, mm-hmm. charitable institutions, yep. which Great. now will go over uh, to William, who will take on that responsibility. But uh, also was mentioned by uh, John about uh, you know how how the media is always looking for change in the way that the mm-hmm. the various marriages have been played, you know, on on, on yep. American television. But I I would hope that the uh, news media uh, would give the Queen, and thus far I think they have without getting into the mm-hmm. titillating gossip involving uh uh Diana and obviously the the recent marriages and the yeah. the split within the family i mean frankly uh if they choose to uh, you know abdicate uh, their responsibility yeah. to the family and want to run off to malibu uh so be it but i don't this i don't need a great to hear sh- about them anymore
3: great show thank you bruce and i want to say that what we just did tonight is what america needs to do talk to each other without, Very good. without and calling should, each and, other names and we
0: should mention that Arlen Gould and Jeannie Ives were literally about 12 inches from each other. <laughs> and Patrick Finchton, thank you very much. Nice pleasure. to have you back on the program. Our thanks to
4: our... Uh, uh... Song
9: again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today. Here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray.
5: You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for Working Adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at PurdueGlobal.edu. That's
9: PurdueGlobal.edu. Goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride, with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? or for surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the
4: juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zinc and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, a kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.
6: I'll be here to hear what's on your mind.
7: Kids want to share what's going on in their lives with the adults around them, parents, grandparents, teachers, coaches, and more. They want to know you're listening, and they want to listen to you. They want your input and guidance, early and often, on all kinds of topics. When it comes to a serious subject like underage drinking, they want to know your expectations, as well as how and why, as a young person, they should avoid alcohol. How you talk about it will change as your child grows, but the important thing is to talk about it. Not just once for an hour when you think the time is right, but in 60 one-minute conversations and more that are part of your everyday talks. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.